Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another serving of Business Soup Talk Radio. If it's in business, it's business soup. I'm your host, John Dibbavoise. The difference between a brand and branding. We're going to be talking about that as well as what is internal, external between the brand and branding. Well, branding by definition and the brand itself is coming right up with our good friend Roy Smooth, the smoothest brander around with the smooth mix right here on Business Soup, where business comes for business. Roy, welcome to this serving of Business Soup. Glad to be here. It's great to have you. We keep running around. Well, you keep running around multiple continents. I stay in my little padded studio here, but it's a pleasure <laughs> to, to have you here. And I hope you're enjoying your presence here on Business Soup as we're going to serve up what the meaning of branding is. Sounds good. I'm looking forward to this conversation. It's been long overdue. Now, Roy, you travel around the world communicating with businesses. You, you go into a business and they say, I want a brand. Well, you and I come at branding a little bit differently. I'm a cowboy. We have a different form of branding, but we both leave a mark. What does it mean when somebody wants to brand themselves or brand a business? That's a very, very good question. It kind of depends on your role in the business. The way I see it is if you're the CEO or you're kind of like the spokesman or the uh, lead salesperson for a business, you need to create personality within that business that you can use in brand. If you're unable to do that, you need to create a personality for the business that you can share with your customers. So just showing up doesn't mean that you're going to get the sale anymore. You know, walk in the room, here I am, give me your money sounds like you're creating an image that is going to project beyond the time that you're in the room. Yeah. And the, the smart people will create that image before they get in the room. And when I say that, um, they've already built up the, the image. Uh, the main thing, which I believe is the perception, uh, the story, the timeline. They've built it in the background on social media, online. So when they get in the room, more than likely, the people in the room would have done their research and got a, an idea about the individual or the company or the product beforehand. So it's the groundwork that's very important in terms of like preparing your brand and preparing for the opportunity. When you show up, that's a very important thing to me. That's one of the biggest things that I talk about in branding, that you have to show up strong, show up well. You've got to... Um, enhance the perception you've already created online and that's not just in terms of image but your, your personality the way you carry yourself the way you show up with people the way you relate to them and as you said it's the way they feel when you've left the room jeff bezos said it famously and others have as well is that a brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room how do you get that image before you ever get in the room? The one I've heard is uh, your brand is what people say about you when you leave the room. My belief is the first thing that's really important is what people say about you when you enter the room. And with that, there's two things. One, as I said before, it's the story, the perception you've created in the background on social media, and then the perception you create when you walk through the door and the biggest thing i've found apart from your style the way you dress 
the way you walk is to come into the room with a smile. You're never fully branded without a smile. In my own personal association with that, there's two of many things my mother taught me. The Southern Belle that she was, and one was that after 12 years of cotillion, she said, you are going to thank me one day for teaching you how to dance. Thank you, Mom. And the other one is when you walk into the room, own it. Exactly. That's great. You go into the room, you make a presence, and as you said, you walk in with a smile, you don't walk in sheepishly, and those around the Roy Smooth that I know, know he is a very stylish man. You know Roy when he walks in the room. You have a brand. Yeah, I appreciate that. And uh, thanks for that kind of, well, it's an encouragement to me as well. Um, you know, I kind of like fashion. But as I say again, you know, that's kind of like the initial perception when I come in the room, my style. And I like that saying that you quoted just then about actually owning the room. I think to make it easier for an individual who don't have that confidence to own an actual room is to own your space. And that's the presence you create, the way you feel when you enter that room. That's confidence. When you say it's confidence, people either think they've got it or they haven't. What I say is you walk into confidence. It's something you don't do that you don't feel you can do or something you become that you don't feel you can become. So the way you own a room, you have to go out and own confidence. And you can only do that by stepping out and stepping into confidence as such. And it's the same with branding. When you go into a room or when you're going to launch a product or a new business, you have to step into the space to say, this is me, my product, my business or the brand. And I'm going to own that space. If I'm my listener and I'm listening to Roy Smooth here and, and you're talking about branding and I say, you know what? I need that. I pick up the phone. I call you and I say, Roy, I want you to leave a mark. I heard you with John the Cowboy talking about branding and I'd like to avoid the sizzling brand that he has. And I want you to help me brand my business. <laughs> How do you create that mark that leaves an impression when the person calls and says, Roy, put a mark on me? Very good question. I come at it pretty much differently from most branders or agencies, etc. Because the first thing I want to know is not the brand that individual or business creates, but I want to know more about the business, the person, their story, their dreams, their goals, their visions. It's only then that I can start working on helping them cultivate that brand image perception that they want to create. So knowing the individual, knowing their audience, knowing the effects they want to have on that audience, like you say, how they want to own that space is key. It's the first thing you do, the first thing you learn before you even talk about going through the branding strategy, campaigns, etc. So I like to know the individual first before I know what kind of brand that I can create with that individual. Well, I'm going to use one of my other companies that are successful companies as an example. And you don't know who it is, but it's a sparkling water, flavored water company, and it's entered into the water space. And as we both know, there is a sea or an ocean of water out there, how does somebody that is trying to break into an overpopulated market, 
How do they identify themselves and separate themselves through a brand when there are so many other labels out there selling the same product? Quite simply, they need to make a big splash. <laughs> this wasn't even set up for that line. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is something I believe in. As you know, John, you, you always see me um, walking along the beach in the mornings, the videos or the pictures that I put on social media. So I'm, you know, um, in my own space, kind of like studying the waves, the water, the sky, the sun, the sea, the sand, and seeing what kind of effect it has on people, on their emotions, etc. And the greatest feeling I see when I'm walking down a beach is when people run down the sand and they jump into the sea and they make a big splash. Yeah. Yes. They have a great feeling and it excites the people who are watching that as well. So going back to your question about this water brand and how do they enter that space that they've gone into is quite simply, they have to come up with a campaign to make a big splash. So in the water space, to make this splash, you have to come up with something that, is, that hasn't been done, or do you just redefine or take that wheel and put a new spoke in it and make it different or make it move faster or smoother? It's a mix of all the above, but the key thing is the style in which you do it, the perception that you create with the splash you make. So that's kind of my, my immediate answer. Obviously, I do something which I call cool brandstorming with clients where I'll spend a whole day going through the whole brand creation from the concept, the design, the goals, the visions, the audience, etc. And I create a, I call it a map or a blueprint and a scoreboard where you can look at all the individual elements, pull them together and work out how they will impact the market that you're actually entering or you're trying to grow or, or the brand that you are trying to enhance within your world, your space. So going back to what you said, the overall objective is to make a big splash. But to do that, you've got to accumulate all the little droplets and bring them together before you can make that big splash. And that's where you come in, is that you look from the outside to the inside and look at my business, and this example has been water, and you see where are all the little droplets that are around me, and how do you bring them together to make a big splash before I ever walk into the room with my product and my brand? Yeah, 100%. And being fair, I think the uh, water space is um, a relatively easy space to make a splash in. You know, I know that's um, a bit of a pun, <laughs> but I believe it is. Interestingly, my son, Joseph, he's 24. He's just launched a new CBD water brand. And um, from the outset, you know, when he was designing the brand, the, the can is it's in a can, actually. Uh, when he was designing the logos, the, the design of the can, uh, the campaigns, etc. You know, I told him the same thing. Make a splash when you went to this market make it the most stylish brand in the market make it something that when people see it they immediately perceive it to be something that they're interested in one of the key things i teach in branding is you need to get people's attention once you get their attention if what you do is attractive i call that the attraction then you've got the engagement once you've got the engagement you can tell them the story which in turn leads to the opportunity to have them as a client, then buy your product, whatever it is. But it's a process. Attention, 
attraction, engagement, those are the key things. And um, as you said, with this water brand, bringing those elements to the table through a process of um, brandstorming, which is really masterminding, focused on branding, I think you're able to do it and do it very quickly. And I've done that from experience, John, uh, a number of times. It's kind of, um, I have a skill of obviously finding out the person, the business, et cetera, but digging in and finding out what are the jewels that they have that they can bring to the marketplace and how can they bring those jewels and present them to the marketplace that they sparkle, make an impact and draw the clients, the customers, the consumers in to make a purchase, to engage, etc. Well, there are two different markets out there, and you may mention of making a splash in the marketplace, and you have business to business, and then you have business to consumer. This mm. splash that seems to be so popular is this, put the camera up over your head, and you walk around talking to everybody, trying to get their attention, making a splash. Personally, I call this the Yo Bro presentation. It doesn't work for me. It's very prolific. Is that a B2C? It certainly doesn't work for me as a B2B type of atmosphere. How do you set up in your branding the B2B versus the B2C? Perception is everything. The style in which you carry out that process of, you know, filming yourself, your products or whatever, and presenting it to the consumer, the client, etc., is very key. And I agree with what you said. There's a proliferation of people doing this kind of yo-bro presentation everywhere online. But the truth of the matter is that anybody who deals with me, they know I would tell them, don't go down that road. Yeah. Even though it's a done thing. My strap line, so to speak, is brand out from the crowd. If everybody's doing it, you find a different way to do it. And you do it in a way that makes an impact. So you look at what is the impact? How do you differentiate the story between B2B and B2C? Are there two different brands? Is it one brand that molds over to the other? How do you separate those? There's no separation because you are whatever, whichever one you're working with, dealing with, etc. you're communicating with people. If you can get that person's attention and you or your brand becomes attractive to them, you're going to get the engagement. So to me, it doesn't make a difference. It's how you present yourself, the perception you create, the story you tell, the way you communicate, whether it's person to person or business to business, it's the same. You have to do it effectively. And from my stance, I believe you've got to do it with style, with, I would say, sophistication, cool factor, professionalism, entertainment, fun, and it's all based on relationship and the emotion and the attraction and that kind of like, uh, I call it the loyalty factor that you can build by bringing something to that person or company that they can buy into. So to me, both markets are the same when it comes to branding. All right. So you create this image and I could be presenting it to the B2B in one type of serving, as I like to say, on business soup. And then B2C could be done, depending upon the product I'm trying to sell, the same brand or image can be presented B2C on the other side. Providing you do it with style, John. Absolutely. Undefined, unrestricted, and undeniable. You'll find that on Roy Smooth <laughs> with an E on his website there. I want to talk about your smooth mixes. What is the smooth mix, and how does that work into business? 
the smooth mix, it's um, something I've been doing for several years now. And in a nutshell, what I do is I take presentations, speeches, interviews, anything with a spoken word, and I mix it with cool music. I don't just mix it, but I actually weave the spoken messages into the music to make it sound like a song track you would hear on the radio. So that is the essence of Smooth Mix. Been doing that a number of years, and it is really, really taking off. Well, I can see that. You got over 30 million streams on different platforms there. So, yeah, I, you got a few more zeros on your stream list than I do. <laughs> so how does that work for me as a business owner? You stream my words with some Bon Jovi and hopefully not ACDC, but more like George Strait in my world. How does that work for me? Is it establishing a brand? Is it a compliment to my brand? A bit of all the above. Initially, it will get you attention in probably a market that you've not actually ventured into before. It will get your attention of um, audiences that you've probably not reached out before or who have been interested in particularly what you're doing. Music is one of the best vehicles for reaching out to people and uh, creating emotion, getting tension, creating a story, um, creating a feeling, creating that buying factor, so to speak. So from a business point of view, it's unusual route to go to get people's attention but what you'll find is when you see car commercials or whatever commercials on tv or even commercials that you hear on the radio there's always music behind it john yes yeah? it's there for a reason because people for instance you know this interview that we're doing now um it's just a straight audio me and you speaking if you imagine that i've taken this and i've weaved it with the kind of music that you'd like listen to you'd be able to listen to this interview multiple times. You know, I've just been listening to some podcasts this morning, actually, uh, with a friend of mine, Carl Wilson, and uh, a guy called Darren Hardy, who's in the uh, San Diego area. And a uh, great podcast. Uh, it's a couple of hours. I, I listened to it once, but I wouldn't necessarily venture to go and listen to it right the way through in a hurry. Right, if okay. If something with music behind it, I could listen to it multiple times because I'd be playing it in the background while I'm driving, while I'm out walking, while I'm in the gym, while I'm, you know, taking a stroll down the beach because I've just got that nice groove that I can get into. But subliminally, I'm taking on board the information. Uh, and that's the way it works with the Smooth Mix. It's a great tool to drive a message home, whether it's motivational, inspirational or business knowledge, even technical information i've worked with some of the um top sports people in the uk and created uh content um with technical information about certain sports and mixed it with music and they've used it to help them improve their skills within that particular sport interesting things happened in it yeah it's brilliant it's fantastic i could get you to mix this interview that we are doing with some music so i can get people to listen to me while working out in the gym exactly and give them more motivation because you've mixed it with music that would fit and i agree that when you mix in some music with the subject matter it'll make you want to listen more often a hundred percent play some more john debevoise that just rolls right off the tongue <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, John, I mean, the, um, the story goes is that uh, I created the concept of the Smooth Mix. It's probably 14 years ago, 
And um, what happened was, uh, long story short, I went to a Les Brown event to um, study becoming a motivational speaker. And I wanted to um, speak to the youth audience, basically. And I didn't feel I was that good a speaker. So I thought, you know what, I'll just put a bit of music behind it. So it'd hide some of the mistakes in my speech, et cetera, <laughs> and be able to edit in. And my son was um, seven at that time. And I found that, you know, I'd play these several tracks in the car. And even at seven, he could say to me, Dad, can you play track number four where you talk about this particular subject or track number two where you're, you're talking about this story? Yeah. And I just thought, wow, this is amazing. It's actually having an impact and reaching somebody that I hadn't in, intended it for. It was just that I, he was listening to it in the car. And I just thought, this is a powerful tool for teaching and inspiring people. And that's how it started. At that particular time, unfortunately, you know, when my son was um, almost eight, um, my wife, his mom passed away. And um, I've just really got into the smooth mix at that time. But the great thing that came out of that story, John, was I've actually brought him up on smooth mix as a coaching tool for the last 12 years. He's 24 now. Actually, he still listens to it now. And funny enough, last night we were out talking and he says, look, Dad, can we do this together? Yeah, which is an amazing story, you know, after like 12 years. Good for but you. The thing is, I've seen the impact it's had on his life as um, developing his maturity, his mindset, his entrepreneurial thinking, his um, spiritual beliefs, all those things have developed from the content that I've put into the music over the years. I didn't really realize, but I have a massive millennial audience who are listening to my mixes. And the funny thing is, a lot of the content is from the more mature, the older individuals, but the millennials are loving it because it's got the music they like behind it. So people like uh, mixes with Jim Rohn, Dennis Waitley, Ryan Tracy, Les Brown, Zig Ziglar, you know, the, um, TD Jakes, um, a lot of the um, top speakers. The millennials are buying into their content because they're enjoying it with the music. Interesting. And that's not easy to get into when you could be their parent or grandparent to get them to listen to you. Exactly. There, there's a skill behind it, John. It's a um, production te technique. I've developed over the years. So, you know, if you saw my studio, you'd see like five screens and four computers and using all kinds of different software. But the skill is how you bring all that technology together to make something that people can groove to. But while they're getting down to this stuff, they're actually learning from it. They're actually um, developing from it. They're actually um, and enhancing their knowledge, their wisdom, their mindset, their thinking, their motivation, their inspiration. And that is the essence behind this movement. We're talking with Roy Smooth. Roy Smooth is in the business of helping you, me, business, brand themselves, getting the message out by crafting a voice of your brand that outlines a clear mission, also a vision, and will set the values of your business that you can stand apart in a very crowded field. 
what does your brand say about you? Well, if you'd like more information about Roy Smooth and his smooth mix and what he can bring to the table for your business, the one source for all business is bizsoup.com. That's B-I-Z-S-O-U-P.com. You'll find this podcast, its transcriptions, and links to Roy all available at BizSoup. Roy, thanks for being a part of this serving of Business Soup. Been a pleasure. This has been another serving of Business Soup, where business comes for business. I'm John Debevoise, inviting you to visit the website for more servings of what is best in business. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.